0: I saw a lot of people living miserable life, even if they had a lot of money, I wanted to show them that there are so many other ways for them to uh, start making money, right? As well as, you know, start becoming healthy. That's why I always talk about health. For me, it's not just having a lot of money. It's it's that That is a triangle. The first part of the triangle is financial health, right? That's money, c- income coming in. Second is your physical health, right? that that is how you know you you can climb the mountain I can climb the mountain and third is the mental health or the family right the the relationship you have with your friends and surrounding right if you do not maintain all three you are going to have issues right it doesn't matter how much money you have or if you are in the best physical shape shape of your life but you got to have all three
1: with no limitations what does your perfect day look like What if it's possible to live like that every day? Would you wake up after 9am? Have perfect health? Maybe fire your boss? Have the money and freedom to do what you love most. The world is your oyster. Where would you be? Who would you be with? The possibilities are endless. Whether you believe it's possible for you or not, you can make more, work less and live free. Welcome to Freedom Hack Radio, where entrepreneur, best-selling author, world traveler and adventurer, Bryce Robertson and special guests crack the code on money, health, relationships, spirituality and having fun doing what you love most. Be inspired to create your own self-designed freedom lifestyle. Welcome back to another episode of Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. And today, my friends, we have a very exciting topic and an exciting guest. We are going to talk about something very relevant, and that is how to invest in recessionary environments. There's a lot of chaos going on in the world right now. There's a lot of chaos going on in the economy. And uh, we've got a very special guest and friend joining us today, Mr. Alpesh Parmar, who is going to join us to take a deep dive on this. So Alpesh Parmar is an entrepreneur, investor, author, and podcast host. He owns over 500 rental units in markets like Atlanta, Columbus, Birmingham. And besides, he invests in international markets like Belize, Panama, Paraguay, and India. He focuses on mobile home parks and uh, self-senior housing facilities, and he has invested in cryptocurrency mining businesses because he believes in blockchain technology. Uh, Alpesh is also a friend of mine and he's a top guy. He's also a joint venture partner. Uh, we've just recently started doing business together. We've got a lot of alignments. Alpesh, welcome to Freedom Hack Radio. I'm really excited to have you here with us today, mate.
0: Thank you so much, Bryce, for having me. And and thank you for the great introduction as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, man. Great to have you here, dude. So one place I'd really, really love to start, what's given you the most gratitude today, brother?
0: Today, the most gratitude, I think it's helping investors, right? Helping not only investors, but people who want to get out of the rat race, right? So whenever they reach out to me, I give my time for free, I give them, I try to coach them as much as possible. Sometimes they end up investing with me, sometimes they don't, but at least they find some kind of path.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful, man. You know, there's a lot of chaos going right down the markets. And, um, and I think it's really good that investors have some guidance. You know, not everybody has the time to be able to do all the research that we do. and right. um, So, it's, it's great. Thanks for sharing that one, brother. So, um, how do you feel about having hundreds of units now that the eviction moratoriums have been lifted?
0: Oh, it's, it's a great weight uh, taken off my back, right? Because all of us were worried for so long I, I did not understand how even cdc can put an eviction moratorium but that's how it just rolled for last what year and half close to year and half uh, or so finally that it's lifted um, i had another mobile home park where we were having trouble as well a little bit not crazy but at least now that it's being lifted i can go and you know evict those tenants who really don't want to pay right is there are tenants who genuinely are not able to pay right and we try to help them that's the whole point right we are investing but we also have some kind of empathy but there are some tenants who just want to take advantage of the situation and and they Mm. just don't want to pay right when government is handing out so much free money you can spend that money on weed and netflix but you can't pay rent (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it's a priorities game man you know and I, I can't even blame the people so much you know it's just right. like you know the the government's just stepping in right now and trying to really take over in so many aspects and you know I was just about to write uh out to my investors and put a video together actually on all of the reasons why I believed that the eviction moratoriums couldn't stay in place you right. know, basically the government was just taking control of landlords income And, you know, my main point was the fact that, you know, landlords across America, that's a, you know, think about how much money is backing that space. It it wasn't going to last forever. And I'm so glad that the Supreme Court actually ruled it out as being unconstitutional. So now, uh, no eviction moratoriums and no foreclosure moratoriums for most of America. There's still a few states that uh, are getting phased out. But that's that's great. Um, so you know, I'm actually like, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy about that because obviously we've got a lot of uh, units as well. We've got a lot of mobile home yes. park lots. That's, we we don't want anybody else controlling our income. We want to be the ones that control that. That's the good side of things. But now the flip side of things is is you know I know that while these eviction moratoriums were in place and while these foreclosure moratoriums were in place, there was over 10 million households that were behind on rents. Yes. And there was over 10 million households that were behind on their mortgages. And now, now that's due now people have to actually pay the consequences of that so obviously (laughs) there's a lot (laughs) of people are going to get evicted there's a lot of people that are going to be foreclosed on sure there's going to be a lag time uh, and and i believe that that means that we're going to see a housing crash right now and that's going to start as early as fall this year and it's going to be in full effect by by summer next year so i'm just wondering what your two cents are on that
0: oh that's a that's a great point as well and Actually, I thought that last year, the housing housing crash would start. Mm. And then as, as soon as the Fed started uh, the pumping money, right, they started printing, they started putting money back in the economy, actually started going back up, right? It, it was ridiculous that everywhere the housing market went up by, I would say, 30 to 50% yeah. in a year. It, it's, it's ridiculous. So at this point, it's, it's, it's way above the peak. It's everything, stocks to real estate, everything is at all-time high, and it's about time that we see uh, the correction, right? And then to add to that what you said, right, eviction moratorium being lifted, the foreclosure moratorium, there are so many things which went on, they would start lifting all those. And to add to that, the interest rate. Once the interest rates start rising, as of now, of course, again, Fed is keeping the interest rates down so that people keep spending money. As soon as the interest rates start rising, I think, uh, I think you are on the money there. But if, if not this year, next year, the correction has to start.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's been, we've been in limbo, man. Like I was ready for this to happen in 2019. (laughs) Me Um, too. (laughs) It's just time for it to happen, but there's there's all these new rules though, or or tactics that the government's bring into the game to try and delay things and and manipulate the systems. And we were were just kind of like up in the air as this big question mark, like when are we gonna be able to evict people for non-payment and when are people actually gonna have to come due on paying their mortgages? And so, yeah, now I think the cookie's crumbling, man. And that's sad because there's going to be a lot of people displaced. Yes. Uh, but, but I think we're going to see uh, a temporary, at least, massive spike in self-storage because there's going to be a lot of people that are going to get evicted. I agree. There's going to be a lot of landlords that are going to say, hey, man, uh, you just got evicted. I don't want you in my accommodation. And, and that yes. sucks. But I think there's going to be a lot of people moving in with family. And um, so self-storage is going to crank up. Mobile home parks are going to be Mobile super- home
0: parks, yes.
1: And uh, that's that's why you and I, I mean, we've we've kind of had this foresight for, for years and yeah. we've built our businesses around this. Um, I mean, I have uh, a recession resistant investment firm. So our investments perform well during good economic times and they perform even better through yeah, down economic times. <laughs> and I know you have the same philosophy and I'm really curious, Alpesh, like what's your perspective? Like what, what things have you been doing to prepare yourself for, for this economic crisis and what things are you going to be doing in the near future um, to also put yourself in the best position?
0: That's a great question, uh, Bryce. So one, I knew that and exactly in 2019, I thought the market is going to start correcting. And I saw that just look, living in San Francisco Bay Area, the property went, some of the properties started going down, dipping a little bit. Um, just, and I'm taking an example of single family. There was one house which was sold for 1.1, was on the market for a million again. Uh, so I thought, okay, in about time. But would you believe that the same property just sold for 1.5 million? So 50% increase in couple of years. So it's about time. It's that there is you and I. None of us can stop this. So it's about time. So to to better prepare myself, one what I'm doing is that I have been selling my single family because of course you most of us started investing in single family then small duplexes to fourplexes to multifamily, and then moved on to mobile home park. Of course, that's not the case with you. So I've been selling my single family to duplexes slowly, right? I want to get out um, at the right time. Of course, I may be, I may, I may I could still be wrong, but I think it's about time for me to move to larger, bigger properties, Then, of course, I was also doing multifamily and apartment building, but when I saw that the cap rates kept compressing, there was so much competition, just the numbers did not make sense because everything uh, worked on the pro forma number. So I realized that mobile home parks, self-storage, and the third asset class senior housing are the through recession resistant assets, right? So that's where I started moving into. I, of course, uh, had been looking at mobile home park. Last year, I bought my first one. We just partnered on a mobile home park and a self storage actually. So it's the best of both worlds. Uh, I, you know, uh, fingers crossed, I don't think we can go wrong there. Mm -hmm. So yes, I'm slowly moving into mobile home parks. uh, And uh, we just actually uh, started building a brand new senior housing facility. So that also is going to help us um, on, on my side, that by the time we are done with the construction, uh, we'll, hit the, we'll hit the ground running. And in 2023, we are anticipating that senior population would be the largest population base in America. So that's another reason why I want to focus on that side. But going back to mobile home parks and cell storage you are on the money again, because self-storage, I was looking at it in 2008 and the rents went up. When the market crashed, mm-hmm. a lot of people had to downsize. Mm-hmm. So self stories did the best during those times, right? It was the number one performing asset. And I think closely behind was mobile home park that it did not struggle. And, and again, the reason is that affordability has been such a big issue. Just, you know, looking at maybe North Carolina where Raleigh and Charlotte went up like crazy or, um, you know, California to Seattle, I I have been worried about affordability. So, of course, you and I and our investors want to make money, but we also want to provide affordable housing to people, right? So where are, where are they going to go? You know, apartments, they may get kicked out, A house, they may get foreclosed upon, they'll go to mobile home parks, right? So, we can provide, uh, basically create a win-win situation for you, uh, I, and uh, people who want to live in the mobile home park. So that's what I'm doing right now, just moving into this space uh, as fast as possible.
1: Yeah, yeah. Smart move, man. Yeah, let me just expand a little bit on that just for some listeners that may not understand like the capacity of what we're talking about is coming. Um, like I said before, it combined with foreclosures or with uh, people who are late on the mortgage and late on their rent, it's over 20 million people yes. um, in the US. And it was 20 million households actually. And if you think about it, okay, well like the population's about 300 million or something like that. But We're talking about households, Okay there's not 300 million households. And then you got to think about which, how many of those people actually are going to be renting a house or, or, or paying for a mortgage. And it's not including kids and other family members. It's just including like the people that are doing that. So if we actually look at the the amount of people, we got like 20 million people behind on rents and behind on mortgages. That's a massive, massive, massive amount of people in America. Now, Right now, everybody's running around, like, acting like it's the roaring 20s, and they're like, oh, man, you know, housing <laughs> prices is going up, and it's just yes. going to rise and rise and rise, and you can't help but make money right now with the illusion that it's going to keep going like that. But now, eviction moratoriums have been cut off, and that means that by about fall time in 2021, we're going to see uh, a, a good portion of those 10 million households be evicted. And so now they're going to be displaced. Now they're going to uh, have to try and find other rental real estate. There's going to be a lot of landlords that won't take them on. Um, And then, you know, fast forward a little bit because the foreclosures are going to be happening, but they're going to take a little bit longer. They're going to take maybe three to six months, maybe even longer. Uh, Some people to, uh, to, if they want to push back on the process. So I think by about summertime next year in 2022, we are going to see the exact opposite of what we're seeing now, right now we're seeing, you know, in California, for example, you're probably seeing this, someone lists a property for 700,000. And then, and there's like 25 30 offers oh yes asking price and then it ends up closing at like 850 or something like that oh yeah it, yeah like out of it's out of this world because there's a there's an undersupply and there's an over demand yep uh, those tables are going to turn massively um and then we're going to see an oversupply of housing and an under demand because people aren't going to be in the position to be able to get um to, to buy mm-hmm. houses they're going to be financially bound. Um, lenders are probably going to choke up on lending. And then, like you said, simultaneously, while all this is happening, we are also going to see uh, what's called the silver tsunami, which is, like as you just touched on it before, all of the baby boom is the largest yes. population in america right now uh retiring um you know moving into like homes uh and all in addition to that sometimes some of those people it's just their numbers up you know their time's up their expiration dates up however yes. you want to think about it and that's the largest population in america so one there's going to be a massive need to senior housing that's just going to be off the hook um, And then the second thing is, is there'll be a lot of those people that also pass away and there's all going to be all of these estates and houses that become available. So all these things combined, not even to add in any of the effects if if this COVID thing or the vaccination thing kicks off and we start to see a lot more people, um, you know, increasing in deaths. I mean, that's going to bring even more homes onto the market. So, you know, I think... Uh, Personally, even with all of those things taken into consideration, I personally think that, you know, uh, self-storage is going to be good, definitely in the short term for the next couple of years. Mobile home parks are still going to be good because there is so much demand for affordable housing. I just can't see. I mean, literally, we'd have to have like, you know, half of America um, be be in a position where they – Uh, just like displaced for it to be a problem in the mobile home park space. So I I really, and at that point, I think we've got bigger problems. And so I just really can't see senior senior living uh, facilities, self-storage and mobile home parks. Uh, They're just going to thrive in this environment. And, you know, all those people that are out there fixing and flipping homes and think that they're going to do that and rinse and repeat what happened back in 2008, 2009, I think it's going to be a very, very different story. Um, and sorry to, sorry to kind of take the flame on that one, but I really want to drive this home and put that message out there because there's a lot of investors out there that are investing things. They don't understand and predict the future. Um, we're, 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 we're ringing the warning bells right now. Um, there's a crash coming and, and I hope you guys are prepared. I know that I've done positioning. I've been doing positioning and taking advantage of taking advantage of, you know, awesome interest rates, refinancing. Yes. Um, positioning in different ways. What other ways are you positioning yourself, Alpesh? Um, I know you're in cryptocurrency as well. You're doing Bitcoin <laughs> mining. Um, what other things are you doing to kind of protect yourself or hedge against what what must be happening, or have a little bit of diversity against real estate?
0: No, that's a that's a great question as well. And 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 I'm glad that you touched on that other point about you know people may pass. There'll be estates and a lot of other things. Uh, houses will become available or some of those people will move into senior housing and that's why those estates will become available and a lot of their heirs would not want to you know manage any kind of those houses or estates and they'll just give it up right they're like okay whatever I can get right away I'm gonna sell it for so that's one thing how I'm preparing myself is that of course uh, real estate it's it's huge There is one thing I tell people that there are so many ways to make money, as well as lose money in real estate, right? Since people start from single family to mo- mobile home park, uh, senior housing, multifamily, you can, uh, I heard, uh, I I interviewed someone on my podcast regarding parking garages, right? So there's, there's parking lots, there's laundromats, so many things. So one thing I do, of course, I love mobile home parks, sales, storage, and senior housing, and that's what I want to put most of my money in, but also look at, look at it from your overall portfolio perspective and see how else you can diversify. Can you diversify? Maybe right now, also, I was listening uh, to another guy as well as another friend and they are buying hotels. This was such a good time just last year and this year to buy hotels because a lot of hotels had to close down because of COVID lockdown and whatnot. And one of my, someone I know, he bought a hotel um, which was worth about, Nine million something uh, three years ago, and the and the mortgage on it is worth five million. The guy the guy bought it for four point three million something like that. That's a huge deal. So mm. some of those you know you can start looking into those right because you know people will start going back to traveling at some point. Maybe the market will again correct. But you know, as an Americans or even you know tourists who come out of come travel from other parts of the world, we. We want instant gratitude, right? We want to see a gratification. We want to see, enjoy this beautiful places, new um, nice uh, hotels, these, that, right? So there is always that travel will come back. So that's another one thing I, I have not invested in, but I'm looking into it as well if I can. And, and that's not going to be my active investment. Another thing I prefer to do is that go with people who know that particular asset class, right? So you and I partnered on mobile home parks and self-storage because I know I can trust Bryce, right? Uh, senior housing, I went with someone, another partner who I can trust that that's all he does. That's all they know, senior housing. I'm not gonna uh, go ahead and buy a hotel myself. Of course, I got to find a mentor if I want to do it myself, or I'm going to invest with someone who already knows hotels, right? So that's one mistake a lot of investors make that they try to do it themselves, everything. And, and a lot of people may be able to do because they love active, but most of the people realize after owning one single family or one duplex that they are not cut out for this, right? They, they need to go with someone, they need to diversify. If they wanna scale up, they need to partner or you know, invest with someone. So that's how I look at it. Uh, other thing I'm looking at it is that I prefer alternative assets or real assets, right? Because you already mentioned about real estate. I kind of touched upon stock market, right? Stock market is like crazy booming, all time high. I just saw, Again, S&P 500 and Dow and everything hit all-time high, right, today. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? This, is, this just does not make sense. So even that is going to drop. So people, if you are just uh, investing in stock market or even in just crypto, Look at o- your overall portfolio. Make sure that you can afford to lose significant amount of capital. Or if you are in crypto, if you you have to make sure you can afford to lose everything you have invested in. I love mm. cryptos, but but because I've been studying it for since 2015, I have had a mining company uh, before as well, and then we just started our Bitcoin mining operations this year, where we have been paying out just for last two months about nine to 10 percent monthly return to our investors monthly yes monthly so i want to with depreciation so Mm. that is why i pick bitcoin mining because i love real estate and this is similar to real estate where i can get cash flow with tax benefits because we are mining we can write off the hardware in the very first year same way as we do in real estate using cost segregation Right, I can write mm-hmm. of 90 to 100 percent. So all the cash flow my investors are receiving for the first year would be pretty much free. They are getting their entire capital back in about a year. So this is why I like that. That if you can get your capital back, invest in 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 real assets or assets where you can get tax benefits, cash flow, and if you can get your principal back in one to three years, that's best of both worlds, right? So this is why. When we wrote our, underwrote our deal, I loved that deal because we are looking at it, uh, you know, returning the entire capital within two to three years, right? By mm. year three, that's huge because once I get my money back, I can play with that money in another deal now. Now mm. my money works in two different deals and I also have reduced my risk exposure, all right? So this is some of the things I'm doing. Another thing I've been liking is uh, investing in agriculture. Because you and I need food to eat, right? You can't, even if you are a meat eater, you can't just survive on meat. You are going to need vegetables. You are going to need fruit. So uh, that's how I invested in Panama in a coffee farm, right? Because everyone needs coffee. We Americans cannot live without coffee (laughs) right? Uh, and chocolate. So I invested in Belize in a chocolate farm, cacao farm, because I I need chocolate every day. I need to feel good. Right, so I, I I was reading about cacao. That that's one thing that it uh, it it makes you feel good. And funny that during recession, coffee and cacao market went like crazy because everyone needed to feel good. Everyone needed that caffeine. So 2008, 9, 10, coffee and cacao went through the roof. I have invested in an orange tree farm because I believe orange. Everyone wants uh, loves Florida's natural orange juice or dough, right? <laughs> so some of those things i am doing where i am also investing in agriculture almond tree farm to the, you know some of those different assets uh, just to diversify my risk
1: yeah, that's awesome, man. So many rabbit holes to go off there. I love the I love the agriculture and food topic, you know, uh, you know, I study macro and we're going to take all these things into consideration. And something that I think is very vulnerable right now is our like food system. And uh, I think we're going to see a, a bit of a collapse of some of these big companies and these big corporations and it's going to go back to smaller companies and, and more local businesses and local farmers and things like that. You know, that way we can control our food sources a little bit better. And I mean, not only are you investing in agriculture, you're also investing in people's good health, which is really Absolutely. freaking awesome, dude. I'm, I'm completely and thoroughly addicted to cacao. I don't drink coffee. Um, I'm, more of Me a tea, too. I'm more of a tea <laughs> guy. But, but I have cacao and like maca powder and goji berries. Yes, and yes. I, I love all that. Um, that's I great. love this
0: one. 100% cacao, dark chocolate, nothing else, no sugar. <laughs> this is one of the best.
1: Beautiful, man. And that's from Belize, huh?
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: awesome. Beautiful country, man. That's where my wife's family's from. Oh so really? My wife's nice. actually literally the only person in her family that uh wasn't born in Belize. And uh yeah, man, you go down there and it's just like it, I, I feel like I'm part of family down there. It's really, really cool. They're super welcoming. It's a beautiful country.
0: Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. The, it's beautiful. The people are so nice. They are welcoming and they speak good English. <laughs> yeah,
1: man, I'll to you know, I don't have international investments like that. And, you know, I just think that that's a really, really cool thing. Certainly something I'm looking to get into, because um, in addition to having international investments and kind of diversifying in different markets, because, you know, when America gets affected, a lot of other countries will, but then a lot of countries, especially Central America may not be affected because yes. they're not that tied to there. Um, but in addition to that, I'm an avid traveler. I love traveling over the yes. world. Um, I've, I've surfed all over. I've surfed every country in Central America, had wow amazing time down in Panama, and I would love to be able to go down on a surf trip and business trip
0: exactly. and uh, <laughs> enjoy,
1: enjoy all of that and enjoy all of the tax write-offs and the benefits from that too, and, and get to dip into some different cultures. So that's amazing, man. Love it. Um, and I, you know, h- how do people actually keep in touch with you on wanting to find out more about your investments? I'm sure already, you know, our freedom hackers that are listening right now are going, what? I can make, you know, 9%, 10% a month on Bitcoin mining. I mean, you just got to think about the compound effect of that over the yes. years.
0: I <laughs> mean, how, how
1: would someone get involved in something like that?
0: Absolutely. So my website address is right here. It's www.wealth matters.com matters is shortened so i'll spell it out w e a l t h m a t r s.com or they can of course you know uh text me as well 510-400-7930
1: that's cool reach out to alpesh if you want to get involved in these deals and i want to know man like have you got any more bitcoin uh investments coming up because i want to take part of that for sure brother
0: Absolutely. So we uh, we started fund one, uh, Bitcoin mining fund one, which was way oversubscribed. I, I didn't think that everyone would want to invest that time. So it was way oversubscribed. So we launched fund two and it got oversubscribed last month as well. So we are working on our fund three right now. So we should be launching, my, I'm hoping early next month.
1: Give me a send me a private message first. So Uh, you like let me know. I
0: mean for sure.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, we're pretty bullish on on crypto. I know it's definitely a volatile thing. And hey, one thing I just want to make clear to all of our freedom hackers right now, Alpesh and I, we're not CPA's financial advisors or or attorneys. We're just talking about what we're doing, uh, sharing some some information for educational purposes only. You obviously have to consult with your own financial advisors and and what Whatnot. Um we're just telling you what we're doing and what we believe in so you can be a little bit more equipped to do your own research and go out there and make your own decisions um, but yeah we're we're bullish on crypto my wife is actually the crypto guru of the household nice. you know like there's sometimes like late at night i just want to like hang out with her and she's just like deep in crypto land oh wow and, uh, it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool man i love that she's into it it, it can get a little bit complex and uh, last year, uh, we wanted to park our money that we were we we have for taxes, and we just looked at our bank account. And was like, There's no point keeping money in a bank account right no now; way. like one of the worst <laughs> ideas to do. Um, and, and I don't really trust the the banking system either. You know? And that's probably a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> but we parked our money. Uh, it was just in Bitcoin. We just parked it in Bitcoin, and we're just like, all right, we're going to hold it there for a couple of months. And in just a couple of months, at ten x. And yeah, uh, wow. like, boom, now now we've got tax covered for the next 10 years, you know? And now it's like, oh, do we really want to pull it out or should we just use no. some money? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed it so far. And I think with all the stuff coming up uh, with, with the real estate crash and the compound effect of all of these things happening, I think there's definitely going to be some excitement and some movement happening in the bullish direction in, in, uh, in crypto. So, definitely a very exciting space.
0: I agree. And, and another thing I can tell you is that you can put that Bitcoin in BlockFi or Gemini and earn 5% per year on top of. So which bank gives you 5% right now? Even if you just want to keep cash, right?
1: Mm. You can
0: put Bitcoin or even buy stable coins like USDC or Gemini, USC and, and, and park money. I think stable coins, they are giving 7 to 8% per year. And for bitcoin you can get four to five percent that's what i'm doing so while i'm waiting for bitcoin to or i'm hodling or waiting for it to go up i'm also getting interest earned in bitcoin so i'm earning that interest in bitcoin so that you know if, if it continues to go up you know my bitcoin will again compound right
1: And and I'm not an expert in the crypto space whatsoever, but are you talking about DeFi? Is that what you're talking about? No, not
0: even DeFi. A lot of the platforms like, so DeFi, you can go even way bigger. DeFi, some of the DeFi platforms, you can earn from 20% to 100% per Mm,
1: year. Wow.
0: But but this is just platform like, I think you may be on Coinbase, right? But there are other platforms like Gemini, uh, BlockFi. They give you uh, 5% interest because what they do, exactly like banks, they take your Bitcoin and use it at collateral and, and loan it to others, right? people who want to loan money using their Bitcoin.
1: Are they doing that on the like fractional reserve kind of method where they, they could hold, you know, a million dollars worth of, um, you know, cryptocurrency capital in the account and then actually go leverage that like 10 times? Is there like a leverage factor to it?
0: Yes, but they, they are doing it other way around. So you can only leverage if you hold a million worth of Bitcoin, you can only leverage 500,000. Wow. And take so, it out as a loan because they want to make sure because of the volatility. So, so it's actually an
1: honest system.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's an, it's
1: an honest system that's not going to crumble like a house of cards. Exactly. Like our you you wow. got it. <laughs> that's really cool, man. And you know, that's actually something that I think is, is it, it's a hot topic in my mind right now is like, where do we place our money? Because I watched a move that Warren Buffett did last year where you look at Berkshire Hathaway and you get to see what their balance sheet is. Mm -hmm. And for those who don't know what a balance sheet is, it's pretty much, it's your report card um, of of what assets you own and where they're placed. And that's all, you know, public information. And what he did, I think it was in Q3 of last year. So uh, three quarters of the way through last year, he pulled significant amounts of money, uh, hundreds of billions of, of out of banks but he still remained in Bank of America, but he pretty much pulled out of all of the other main banks. It was Chase and Wells Fargo and all of those. And to me, that was like a first indicator that something's coming up in the banking yes, system. Yes. We already know it's fragile. We already know that it, you know, they're trying to bring out a centrally controlled digital currency that would uh, enable uh, there be no need for banks anymore, and uh, banks would just kind of be passed through uh, accounts, and they wouldn't actually. Hold Hold the ledgers of everybody. They're trying to hold that at the central bank, which is the Federal Reserve. So I could see that you know the U.S. dollar will be eliminated and deleted in the coming years, and that there'll be no need for banks. Um, so I'm a bit skeptical about holding money in banks. And uh, you know, if you look at a bank that you're insured up to about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for each account. Yes um and if you if you look at stock market accounts you are typically insured for about 500,000 um which is a little bit better but then i don't even know how much insurance is going to pay out if the whole system crumbles and everybody needs yes. to be paid out i mean this it's you know everyone but might, might- Body could take a loss at that point so then like where else do we put money well, we could put it um you know we could store it in gold and silver we could store it in a bank vault um we could store it in crypto i mean it's just, there's a lot of options and um i'm doing a lot of deep research on that to find out where i feel the most comfortable um what are your thoughts on that
0: i think um I, I totally agree because the banking system, the way we have been printing money, it's going to crumble at some point, right? It's that That is going to be a lot of downward pressure on the banks as well. Uh, yes, 250000 So what I do personally, of course, I most of the time I'm investing, right? Um, in real estate or the assets I like. So I try not to keep a lot of money in the bank. But if I end up, I, I don't even keep 250,000 at one place, right? I, I'm mm. gonna, I have accounts in three, two, three different banks. I'm going to keep like 100 grand in each of the banks, right? So that way, at least I'm protected. Um, and then a, as and when I see an investment, I'm just going to invest into those, right? I also look into um, some of the peer-to-peer loan system, if it makes sense. And if I'm able to get a short-term turnaround from the from the you know uh, person who I'm lending, then I'm gonna do that and, and get uh, you know make my money work. But keeping the money in the bank, you are anyhow losing against inflation. Right? It means yeah. You are already losing. So if you think you are saving money, you are not. If if you just target two percent inflation per year, you are already losing because we you don't get two percent interest. But look, current data the CPI shows that the inflation is at four to five percent. Right. So if you look at that, then your 100 bucks is $95 in 2022, right? So <laughs> you got to make sure that you just don't sit on your money. You got to rotate the money, invest. <laughs>
1: That's, that's an interesting thing, too. And I was actually down at Rebel Capitalist Live with George Gammon and Jason yes. Hartman. And He's awesome. The Kiyosakis and all those guys. And Jason Hartman came up on stage and he gave a presentation about how, yeah, okay, so we're, we seem like we're at the top of the market, inflated uh, values on single family homes. But look at the debt right now. And if you actually compare the debt interest rate right now and you apply the time value of money, which is essentially inflation we're actually essentially when you look at the time value of money and inflation we're paying negative interest rates to get oh interest. yes <laughs> and so even though we might be paying over inflated prices if you're getting really really solid debt you could be better off anyway even if the value does drop in the future especially if you look looking to hold long term and you can ride the roller coaster Or if you're in the mobile home park space or self-storage space like we are and you can actually control the economy by increasing your rents and increasing the occupancy, um, then you actually have control of value anyway. But, uh, you know, that's something that a lot of people, like, don't really understand. It's like debt has been amazing lately, and uh, I think we're, we could be coming to our last legs of, of, of having really awesome debt, because when things crumble, uh, a lot of that might change or choke up. Um, but, yeah, we could go down a lot of different rabbit holes. Let me just come back to, uh, I know we have aligned investment philosophies, and then that's one of the reasons that we've done joint ventures together, and we'll, I'm, I'm excited to do many more with you, too. Absolutely. Um, you want to just uh, tell people a little bit about the deal that we've just done and what got you so excited about it?
0: That's awesome. So the deal we recently did uh, in Spartan for South Carolina is one that it's in your backyard, right? That was important for me because we, we started looking at a lot of deals together. And I'm like, when you mentioned this is in your backyard, I'm like, okay, I can go meet Bryce (laughs) so no that that was one of the things that i i I know that your team can execute the plan the second was that it also had self-storage right so you and i were looking at mobile home parks and self-storage and somehow this deal landed on on, in your laps, and it has both mobile home parks and self-storage and i'm like how how can you go wrong you are getting best of both worlds you have a deal which has both. And and the funny thing was the self storage was badly occupied, badly marketed. So there was a lot of value add there, but without putting a lot of money. Because a lot of time, this apartment operators or multifamily syndicators, when they sell a deal, heavy value add. We are going to raise the rent from 800 to 1400 bucks in six months. And then you invest. And I have done that. I have already lost money with one of the big syndicators. I don't want to name him. Uh, and this was about five years ago, but the heavy value ad takes years. You know, I could have constructed brand new apartment building in that much time if I mm. if I'm going to wait for a heavy value ad. In this case, because the cell storage, we don't have to do much. It's all they are already built. They are in good condition. We'll be cleaning this uh, and that, but most of you know in in no time we'll be able to start marketing that. So that is where. The real value is, uh, and of course, we have, we found some additional lots, which we may be able to take advantage of in the mobile home part side. That also got me excited. And third, just looking at your conservative underwriting, I'm like, this makes so much sense. If we can return investors capital in three years, that's win-win for everyone if if i can get my principal back as i said my, I can start playing with the money and uh, and those same investors may just invest or roll over their funds with us in another deal so those were the three things uh, and of course uh, uh, you know i don't want to uh, I don't want to dump it down, but the market itself, South Carolina and North Carolina, they are growing. They're growing like crazy, the population, the job growth. So, of course, you cannot discount that fact as well. So overall, after looking at all these factors, I thought this would be a great deal for us to work together.
1: Yeah, beautiful, man. Thanks for sharing your two cents on that one. I'm excited to partner with you on this. And uh, certainly, I mean, we've already got boots on the ground. We just closed last week. Um, we've got our top manager and construction company down there, and we're already starting to knock it out. So really excited to be working on that one together. I'm going to shift gears right now, and uh, we're going to get a little bit deeper and a little bit more granular on a, on a few things around freedom and some challenges and successes that you've had. So let's let's kick this off with what's your idea of the ultimate freedom lifestyle
0: man that's a that's a (laughs) that's a (laughs) curveball but ideal freedom lifestyle i don't think uh, it means that uh the fire movement right financial independence retire early i am not going to retire why would i retire if i enjoy something the whole idea is that or, or at least for me uh, is the time freedom, right? I should be able to do whatever I want, whenever I want, right? Uh, as you said, right before the podcast, you had to go out and, you know, I was playing, I was dropping my kids off to school. I want to be able to do all of that. When my kids come back, I may want to cook for them, even though I don't enjoy that, but I enjoy seeing them eat, right? So that <laughs> that's that's what I want to do, right? So basically, I want to, control my time. Of course, you can only do that if you have enough uh, money in the bank or if not bank, you have enough money coming in from your investments, right? So that's where it's important to, you know, start replacing, start generating passive income. That's one thing. Second is start, you know, build multiple streams of income. And the third is make, make money while you sleep, right? It's very important that, you know, even if you have an online store running, it could run twenty four seven, and if you have people handling that, they can you know start taking care of everything, and you don't have to worry, right? So, so ultimate financial freedom for me is being able to enjoy, being able to actually enjoy my money, not worry about commute three to four hours a day as a lot of people in San Francisco Bay Area do because they they make 500,000, but working at it as a W two employee and they're running around three to four hours spent in car and then 10 hours working. So they barely have time to enjoy their $2 million house, or they barely have time to talk to their kids, right? So I, I don't want that money where I am tied, or I'm, I'm stuck, and I can't go out, right? So I want to enjoy that, have that time, freedom, enjoy time with family, and 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 not worry about my investments day to day. I don't want to be checking my stocks and crypto every hour and and get emotional about it. Oh, it went up. I'm happy. It went down. I'm sad. Right? I want to, again, have passive income coming from those investments as well.
1: That's awesome man. Cash flow and so you can live the freedom lifestyle you want to live. And uh I'm going to go chime in and tell a little bit of story about you cuz I know that you love hiking and you and I were talking the other day and then you know someone just like called you up and opened up a window of opportunity to you and called you to the challenge of hiking Mount Whitney and yes. I think you like you found out about it like the day before and you know one of the things about that is, is like how many people are in a position to just take off and climb the tallest mountain in America at, like at at drop notice and um so that's obviously a testament to the fact that you are living a true freedom lifestyle but i also want to hear about that adventure man that was that was just recently how was that for you
0: yeah so that was end of august it was it was surreal when i reached at the top right we had reached the summit before then it was a struggle but you're right we were discussing about going i was not part of the original group so uh, i didn't know till wednesday morning and we were supposed to hike on Saturday. Wednesday afternoon, they told me you are going. And then I had to, I had to take off Thursday, Friday. <laughs> so I was gone. But as you said, uh, unless I had that freedom, I wouldn't have been able to do that. But that was crazy because we, um, it was about 22 miles, a little over 22 um, round trip. Took us 20 hours. And it, it's not a joke when people think that, uh, respect the mountain. That's what I learned that day. That after 10,000 feet, the altitude gets you, you know, you no matter who you are. I thought I was overconfident. I thought I, I have been doing this kind of hikes, but I had never done that kind of altitude before. So that was a lesson learned. But of course, on the flip side, I was not prepared either with mind and all, but somehow luckily, physically I am in good shape because I love hiking. And uh, uh, working out as well as, um, you know, I play a lot of sports as well. So somehow I, I made it at the top, but coming back down, it was awesome. Just going to the top was not easy. So I don't want to put it down that it was easy and I, I was in great shape. So I just did it without any struggles. It was struggle, but we enjoyed it
1: yeah man hats (laughs) off to you dude doing it in such short notice a lot of people actually would like train specifically for that um so they knock it out and you just had the hey man you ready to come tomorrow let's do it (laughs) um and there's a i've heard there's a bit of a sketchy section at the top where it kind of you get a lot of exposure and you could really like slip and i don't know you have to like hold on to a chain or something like that is that that right
0: so that's a half dome in yosemite Mm -hmm. Uh, This one, there is no chain, but at the top, of course, it's rocky and the other side is valley, so you can sleep on the other side, right? So, of course, Mm -hmm. we had to carry our trekking poles um, and and, uh, with the altitude uh, sickness, I had to use trekking pole for half of my hike. So, uh, yes, you definitely need to be really careful
1: yeah man that's crazy um altitude sickness is a real deal i mean in 2019 my wife and i were in la paz in bolivia and uh we just flew in there i mean we i think we came from brazil or something like that and we flew in there straight up at like high altitude and i i just never really took altitude sickness seriously before and then i just remember walking through the city that day and i almost blacked out dude like i literally couldn't walk i'd have to walk for like you know hundred yards. And then I have to stop and sit down and like drink some water. And I'm like, man, it just, it was a really, really odd and peculiar feeling.
0: So that's exactly how I finished my hike. Because I did not acclimatize either. My other group of friends, they went earlier. We reached on Friday and we started the hike on Friday, 9.30 PM. There was no time to acclimatize. So that's exactly how you did. I had someone very experienced with me. So he said, walk 100 yards sit down, take a breath, take a sip of water, or start walking again, just did baby steps. I had never done a mile an hour, but that last five miles, that's what I did, a mile an hour, and it was, it felt miserable at that time, but when I, as I said, when I reached the top, I felt like I'm on top of the world. (laughs)
1: good for you man excellent dude i'd love to take on that challenge i want to i want to actually do angkong Caguá down in argentina which is the it's the tallest mountain outside of the himalayas uh, yeah Uh yeah and it's one of the seven summits it's the largest uh mountain in the americas Uh, but and the thing about it too is which i really like is um because i abseil and stuff like that but i'm not like super like into like rock climbing or anything like that. And you don't have to have technical rock climbing skills to actually like get to the top. It's more just kind of like hiking, maybe That's a little good. bit of a little bit of scrambling. Um, but, but because of the altitude, uh, cause it's up there, man, I can't even remember how, how tall it is, but again, it's like the largest mountain outside of the, the Himalayas right. and, uh, it's, it's 26 day mission and it's down oh, in wow. Argentina uh, Just kind of near Mendoza, the uh, uh-huh. the wine region, and I really, really when I went, I was down there in two thousand nineteen. Once I found out about it, I'm like, yeah, I'm coming back. I'm doing this thing. I'm gonna carve out a month. I'll do it. My wife can just like you know eat food at the at the wineries and do <laughs> thing for months. She'll have a great time. She's a foodie, and I can I can go for a hike up there. Um, but then you know all this stuff's happening in Argentina right now, and they're locking yes. down and then going crazy, and uh, it's it's hectic, man. So I'm gonna wait until. Uh, I see a a window of freedom down there because a lot of stuff that's happening there is not. Um, Let
0: me know when you decide. I I, want to check it out for sure.
1: (laughs) Beautiful dude. Excellent, man. I'll hold you to that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Excellent. Um, So yeah. Uh, you know, we have a lot of challenges, you know, that in itself climbing to Whitney had challenges. There's a lot of challenges in business, there's a lot of challenges as an entrepreneur. Uh, you're also a father as well There's there's just built in challenges there. That's for sure. Um, you've been successful in a lot of areas of your life. And behind us, the, the people who want to become successful, there's always a big reason why we're doing what we're doing, the driving force, the Punches us through our challenges. Uh, do you mind sharing with us what your reason
0: why is? that's a, that's a very deep question, actually. But so my my why is, uh, of course, my family. Right. So that that has been my why. I want to be able to spend time with my family, enjoy my time with my kids before they grow up. After, once they turn teenagers, they they would not have time for me, right? And. By that time, if I say now I have enough money, I can spend time with you, it would be too late. So that that was my first why. Second why is that I saw a lot of people living miserable life, even if they had a lot of money. I wanted to show them that there are so many other ways for them to uh, start making money right as well as you know start becoming healthy that's why i always talk about health for me it's not just having a lot of money it's it's that that is a triangle the first part of the triangle is financial health right that's money income coming in second is your physical health right that that is how you know you you can climb the mountain i can climb the mountain and third is the Mental health, or the family, right? The the relationship you have with your friends and surrounding, right? If you do not maintain all three, you are going to have issues, right? It doesn't matter how much money you have or if you are in the best physical shape shape of your life, but you got to have all three, and that that is my why. Um, because I I started to uh, showing this to people, that you got to even if let's say my friends had some of my friends had a lot of money and they were not in good shape, I would ask them come with me on hike. Because I want to help you become the best you should be, right? So that you can enjoy your life, you know, later part of the years, right? Same way if you, if someone is having relational issues, I want to help them. I'm not a, as, as, as you mentioned, I'm not, you, we are not CPA attorney or I'm not a psychologist. But I, I I want to understand the issues people are going through. And that's that is my why I want to help as many people as possible, uh, of course, mostly on the financial health and physical health side.
1: I'm hearing a lot of contribution happening there from your brother, and I think that's awesome, man. <laughs> and that's that's actually a side effect of freedom and financial freedom and time and location freedom. Once we've got ourselves grounded and taken care of, then the weight gets lifted off our shoulder. We no longer have to hustle to survive, and now we've got more energy to be able to contribute to other people. So that's that's beautiful, man. Um, I love that. How has that reason why the drive of your family helped you overcome challenges?
0: Wow, that's uh, challenges are always there. You know, every day we just spoke about right before the podcast that this week has been crazy, right? We closed on our mobile home park first day of this week <laughs> and and we were on standby trying and then after that also there was a lot going on so there is always challenges but i look at the end goal right that this is what i want to be doing i envision and i recommend people to read a book called the miracle morning by hal Elrod, mm. right huge huge influence on me that book uh, combined with the go giver club the go giver book by um, bob berg because he talks about you have to give to get something. Most of us want to get something before giving anything, right? So these two books, I highly recommend everyone. So the, what the In the Miracle, miracle Morning Hell, already Elrod talks about is the savers method, where you are scribing things, you are affirming things. And one important thing is the we, is the visualization. I always visualize. try to visualize how it would feel if i overcome this challenge how it would be after this is done right oh yeah so if i take care of today oh i'm going to be able to play badminton with my kids i'm gonna be i will have time to go to the court and play badminton, right, or tennis, right. So I try to visualize, or maybe I'll be able to just hang out, you know, uh, with my wife and, and uh, you know maybe grab lunch or something after we are done with this podcast, right. So uh, every day, uh, if I am hit with a challenge, I try to visualize what's after that challenge.
1: Beautiful, man. Yeah, the power of visualization is huge. And, uh, you know, a lot of our guests on Freedom Hack Radio do have some kind of morning... Uh, practice or something that they do, you don't have to, it's not like you have to have a morning practice to be successful. But from my experience, when I tap into my morning practice, and I don't do it every morning, but the days I do, I feel so much better, everything flows so much better. Um, It's all I mean, we get an opportunity to start the day off, right. And uh, I think that's really powerful. So, uh, you know, we're talking about things that are going right. Now let's talk about things that go wrong, because not everything's perfect in (laughs) the entrepreneurial world. And we have tons of challenges. So do you mind sharing with us, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that you've made on your path to an entrepreneur?
0: The biggest mistake i made was one that I have an IT consulting business. Um, and it, it when it was doing really great in 2013 to, uh, I would say 2015, we did not expand. Mm. Because by this time, I could have sold that business for, 10 million or so and I would have just fully got out, right? So that was one mistake that every entrepreneur, you and I, we wear so many hats that it's a lot of time it becomes tough for you to give up some of those responsibilities, Mm. right? It's important to figure that out at the right time, not afterwards that, okay, this is the time where you need to start giving up this space to someone else. You may end up losing not losing money but you may have to pay that person to start with but once but once that person or once that team it's uh, it's it's ready right once they are they will be able to generate even more business for you giving you more time freedom or or giving you time to focus on the things which matters the most right so that was the biggest mistake i made the second mistake i would say is the we started the crypto mining company in 2017 again we tried to do everything ourselves and then gave up uh, not gave up but 2019 when the bear market hit we sold all our coins instead of holding them right so instead of not looking at the long term picture we decided that okay it's time to you know get out and we'll we'll just focus on something else Uh, Those coins are worth, uh, between four of us, that would have, they would have been worth about over five to six million right now. So that was another mistake that not looking at the long term picture.
1: Yeah. Wow. So you know the the pain of the <laughs> missed opportunities there. Yes. You know I, I think like each time challenges happen, it's like it imp- leaves an imprint in our brain yes. and in our physiology. And um, so now you're probably hyper alert of like <laughs> yeah. the pedal to the metal when you do see the opportunity <laughs> and like really not wasting an opportunity there. That's great. All these things happen for a reason. So you also have a lot of wins, man. I mean, you're, you're checking a lot of boxes. I mean, how do you celebrate your wins?
0: That's, that's great. How do I celebrate my wins? Of course, you know, uh, we try to take a vacation, try to uh, actually donate a lot of money as well. And I don't want to talk about that, but, you know, uh, the more money you make, you got to contribute to the society one way or other right so that's very important and when i look at again I'm, I'm i don't want to talk about how these people run business but when you look at bill gates or mark zuckerberg now or you know warren buffett they put a certain amount of money aside for donation right they it's very important that they donate money uh, or, or end their time to certain causes, right? It could be malaria, it could be this water crisis, or it could be COVID, right? But it's very important for us to support the society, right? Because if you or I have 10 million or 100 million, would that change our lifestyles? No, yeah. right? After a certain point, it's just a zero, in, mm-hmm. in 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 the entire landscape you have right? all of so, your
1: needs taken care yeah, exactly. of exactly you know yeah.
0: if you if you have one plane are you going to buy another plane just for the sake of parking it <laughs> mm. so same thing if i have two cars they serve the purpose maybe i'll have a third weekend car you don't need 10 different cars to enjoy that life that that is more show off but i i believe that if you take care of people around you, that's, that's more important at that point. So I celebrate, of course, my win with you know taking a vacation, um, giving whatever my family needs or wants, right? But also looking at overall picture and see that, okay, how much can I contribute to somewhere? Maybe sometimes I even contribute to Red Cross here in India uh, and even other parts of the world but the idea is that how can I contribute? A lot of time, even though we have time freedom and we mentor people by giving our time, but sometimes we don't have enough time to uh, support these causes, then at least you have money to support those, those causes.
1: For all of our freedom hackers right now, I'm sure you're vibing the fact that Alpesh is high on values of growth and contribution, man. And that's, that's something that I also think we're aligned on. So definitely feeling that coming from the heart. A Couple more questions here. I'm going to wrap it up. because I know you're going to go. Um, What's got you excited over the next 12 months? What's got you most excited?
0: I think uh, mobile home parks, huge, huge potential still there as you and I spoke. Uh, senior housing, and blockchain technology. If you read between the lines, China banned Bitcoin mining, U.S. did not. U.S. is actually accepting a lot more Bitcoin miners. A lot of Chinese miners have moved to Kazakhstan, to Canada, to U.S., right? So, blockchain is getting accepted us is changing the tax laws right they are putting that in the tax law so so i think and fidelity to chase they are all they all started allowing their high network clients to invest in bitcoins and other cryptocurrencies bank of america to amazon to microsoft are building blockchain applications so that's very exciting for me that Finally, they're adopting a technology which is as transparent as possible, right? People say that you can do a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, money laundering and stuff using cryptos. No, the highest money laundering happens using cash. Mm-hmm. Crypto, you cannot hide. Everything is on blockchain. Mm-hmm. Everything is transparent. Of course, you know, there will always be some bad acts, right? In anything being real estate to cryptos or you know in banking industry but overall i think blockchain technology is getting me really excited as well because i can see that there are so many use cases there is so many things you can a lot of people can build actually personally i am looking into it as well i want to build something as well which would be beneficial to the entire world
1: beautiful man you're not thinking small i love it you know, <laughs> thanks a lot for for joining us today man you're pouring your heart out we're vibing all of your contribution and growth you've shared a lot of knowledge on you know places that we should be looking at things we should be thinking about um, you bring bringing awesome investments to the table i mean i want to get in on that that sounds really amazing um, totally see the opportunity there you're out there you're pouring your heart out with your wealth matters podcast you're an author i mean dude just you know thanks a lot man really really appreciate you really appreciate you coming and joining us on freedom hack radio giving us the time of day and uh just before we take off man any final thoughts anything you want to leave us with
0: so one thing i always mention on on my podcast and every other show i attend is that take action And I know you always say that as well, take massive action. A lot of people are going to listen to this Freedom Hack podcast, and you are doing an amazing job, by the way. I love the entire conversation. Or they listen to Wealth Matters podcast. They go home, they forget about it. They're like, okay, we are done. I don't think we can do that. Most of these people, they don't take any action. But they will complain after two years that I should have done that, could have, would have, should have like three years ago when people told me that they want to buy in Austin and now they're saying, Oh, they want to, they're buying in Austin. I'm like, it's too late. You are done. You should have done it three, four, five years ago. Right? So exactly take action as soon as you, and, and there is so many things, bigger pockets to podcasts, to books, uh, mentor, but unless you take action, they are all not going to help. None of this will help because if you are a doctor and you just go through the theory, and if you don't perform, if you don't uh, perform a surgery, you don't learn anything. Same way, if you don't invest uh, your your money, your time, you're not going to learn anything. So it's, it's very important to take action.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point, man. I think all you need to know is just the next step. Just just the next step is all you need <laughs> yes. to know. And then you can figure out the the one after that, beyond that. And something I actually tell myself, and this was taught to me by someone who I respect. And uh, it's it's something I'm reminding myself all the time. It's just like, Bryce, stop talking about it and do it. You yes, know, we can all talk about is <laughs> as, as, as soon as I catch myself on the second or third time talking about the fact that I'm going to do something. I'm like, dude, like you, 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 you can say it once you can say, hey, I'm going to do right. this. But once you once it's coming out of your mouth for the second time, if you're not taking action towards it, you're just talking about it and you're not doing yes. it. So so uh, great, great way to wrap things up there. Again, thank you so much for sharing your time, your knowledge, your heart, your wisdom. Um, you're a great guy, man. Super stoked to be in business with you. I'm um, really excited to keep the momentum going. And for those uh, who are listening right now, Freedom Hackers, how can they keep the momentum going with you and reach out? I know you touched on it before, but how can people keep in touch with you, brother?
0: Absolutely. They can go visit my website, www.wealthmatters.com. We are also on Facebook and LinkedIn. So if you search Wealth Matters, you can reach out to me via Facebook and LinkedIn. And of course, feel free to text me at 510-400-7930. Thank you so much, Bryce. And, and the feeling is mutual, by the way. You are an amazing guy, amazing person to work with. Uh, we thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed our you know, closing and everything, the entire deal. So I'm looking forward to do a lot more deals with you in the near future. <laughs> Beautiful,
1: man. I Thank you. Thank you very much for that. That means a lot to me. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm so stoked to be, you know, aligned with people like you in business. It just makes my day so much better. Um, so thank you all of our freedom hackers that have listening this is Alpesh Parmar that's been joining us today from wealth matters pouring his heart out and helping people uh, contributing to people all over the world making people healthier and wealthier love it um, so let's keep the momentum going with him and thank make you. sure that you reach out and um, talk to him about his upcoming bitcoin mining project that he's got going on there if you're interested in making monthly cash flow that is so once again thank you all for joining me today I'm your host Bryce Robertson and in Until next week, live large and live free. G'day, this is Bryce Robertson. I'm your host here at Freedom Hack Radio. And I truly, truly hope that you got a ton of value out of the episode that we just shared with you. And if you did, make sure to subscribe on your YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to your favorite podcasting platform. Hit the notification button so you can find out about the next episodes as they come out. Because if you haven't achieved financial time and location freedom, you really need to be dialed in here. So make sure to subscribe and follow us along as you grow on your path to financial time and location freedom here at freedom hack radio